Hi. Welcome to Dreamland. Mental escapes for everyone. This is a podcast designed to whimsically whisk you away through guided imagery. Before you dive in, here's a quick note about how to use this podcast. Visualization is meant to act as a gentle, safe place for you to go inside your head whenever you need to get away. A sheltered nook of scenes and stories to guide your mind to a calm, relaxing, and restful space. The scenes will be familiar, wholesome, sometimes real, and sometimes unreal. Guided imagery is a powerful and restorative relaxation technique. As your imagination is guided through various sensory suggestions, your mind and body should respond as though what you are imagining is real. If you are having trouble visualizing throughout the story, that's alright. Try not to stress. Just focus on what you can and on calming and quieting your mind. It will take some time in the beginning to concentrate, so center your attention to the descriptive language as you are guided through this exercise. Think of my voice as a cozy chaperone to walk you through a safe path of relaxation. I am keeping you company and painting a picture with words for a meditative getaway. Begin by finding a place to relax and make sure the room is a comfortable temperature. Please find a position that you are most comfortable in. This might be lying down on your back with your arms gently resting at your side, or you might be sitting on the ground with your legs crossed. You could also just be in a chair. Just try to find a position that suits you and listen to your body. Take a moment here to allow your body to relax into position. Take a soothing, deep breath and feel the weight of your body sink into the ground or chair as you relax, preparing to use your imagination. Take in a slow, deep breath through your nose if you are able, and exhale slowly through your mouth. In your own time, please take another slow, deep breath, exhaling slowly again, allowing yourself to release any feelings of tension, stress, and anxiety that you may hold. Once more, when you're ready, please take in another deep breath Hold it for a count of three, and exhale slowly once more, feeling as if you are really letting go of any negativity and stress. (sighs) Allowing a calm wave of relaxation to wash over you as you let your subconscious mind to open giving your conscious mind a break while the vast, 
uninhibited part of your imagination is allowed to play in this gentle mental getaway for a while. And then resume breathing normally for the rest of this exercise. You are standing upon the buoyant, springy surface of a bouncing, airborne pillar of earth and soft green grass, the palace grounds of an elaborate castle in the clouds, which is levitating in the cobalt blue sky, surrounded by wisps of white vapor and mist, as if the cumulus clouds keeping the pillar afloat were a field of white floating high in the atmosphere. Our last episode brought you to this sky castle via a magical jetpack, which the groundskeeper has already kindly offered to take to your room while you explore the grounds. Lush green elm trees stand tall upon the floating earth, though most of their trunks are shrouded in fluffy white fog, their canopy crowns peeking above the mist in blooming bunches of basil-colored leaves. You approach the lengthy stone staircase leading up to the palace doors, the reddish-orange-toned sandstone matching the champagne pink of the smooth exterior walls and the slate-blue domed spires and roofs that cover the many-tiered building. The black diamond tiles seem to shimmer and glitter in the morning sunlight as it reflects off the dome tops as you climb your way to the arched double doors of the castle entrance which are ornately carved and surrounded by colorful stained glass windows at the top. At the top of the steps, you pause to observe the intricate glasswork and fine carving. A rose window in crimson red and sky blue glass stands proudly atop the arched doors, the sunlight highlighting the colored glass in luminosity. At its center, an iridescent circle radiating out into a sunburst, shining rays splintering into a repeating, petal-like pattern. Deeply carved into the doors are representations of celestial bodies. The sun, very slightly hidden behind a patch of cloud, in the top left, and a crescent moon and stars in the top right, above Yggdrasil, the tree of life, flanked with two back-to-back -back ravens. The birds hover over intricate knotwork within the tree, and finally a rather large, ominous-looking wolf sits profile under the moon and part of the tree in the bottom right. The door handles have been fashioned to look like branches and silver metalwork, and you grab hold of the doorknob leaves and turn them to enter the castle. The main entrance hall, or great hall, has an open domed roof in the center, allowing copious amounts of daylight to spill into the room's grandeur. Two candle chandeliers dandle over the imperial staircases, and white marble flooring shines in the sunlight, surrounded by lavender walls, an electric blue ceiling, and white pillars with circular gold necking. The room is rather empty of furnishings, save for a couple of pink plush chairs on either side of the white stone fireplace, on the left side of the room, underneath one half of the loggia, surrounding the open-aired gallery. An old grandfather clock ticks pleasantly from the back of the room, its pendulum bob uniquely shaped and colored like the planet Saturn, 
sparkling teal, purple, aqua, and bright blue rings surround a sand-yellow orb, swinging slowly and rhythmically back and forth as the pendulum lyre keeps time. Many rooms connect with this one, with doors along every corridor and long hallways leading elsewhere, and you're not sure where to go. So you start in the front right, finding the last entrance door in the corner, and slip into a narrow passageway that leads you out of the Great Hall. The first room you come upon seems to be the castle's dining room, set and placed for breakfast. The west-facing windows still allow a fair amount of morning sunlight into the simple but elegant dining area. Jade-colored chairs surround a large circular table with a white tablecloth up against the alcoved windows of the room, overlooking the palace's front and side grounds. Looking to the outside, in the distance you can see a many-stalled stable lit up with bright Edison lights hanging from the gabled roof and a white picket fence surrounding the training arena. Beside it, but still a far distance away, a domed glass aviary on the outskirts of a hedge maze, leading to further grounds beyond it. One large painting hangs on the north-facing wall of this room, and you assume it must be a portrait of the owner of this grand house. A rather dashing-looking young man. Not old and not young. Almost elven-shaped ears and sparkling blue, kind ocean eyes astride a white steed riding in sand dunes amongst ancient ruins. His mouth is closed but curved into a sweet smile, surrounded by a roguish amount of stubble, suitable for his handsome, ranger-like appearance and garb. You wonder if the man is around, as you have many questions about the mystery of this magical place, and you hope you come upon him at some point in your explorations before continuing on to the next connecting room, the butler's pantry. The space is half office, half kitchen, with a small roll-top desk and matching chair in dark wood in front of an impressive display of bottles of cooking oils, spices, and liquid concentrates, opposite side of the stove and the sleep blue hood. White cabinets surround the room, the same color as the clouds in the sky overhead, visible through a dome skylight looking up into the heavens. Beyond the pantry, you find the buttery, which is exactly what it sounds like, a room for making and storing butter. It is considerably cooler in this room, and a good deal smaller than any of the rooms you've explored thus far. Large tin jugs painted white are scattered haphazardly on the stone floor, and small wooden tables and shelves hold cheese molds, small wooden barrels filled with cream, and bricks and rounds of yellow and orange cheeses, breathing aromatically in the open air of the room. A tiny table in the corner has slices of various flavors of cheese on a platter, and you grab a cube of your favorite type and pop it onto your tongue, enjoying the bursting, buttery, delicately sharp, tart flavor as it melts in your mouth. Turning a corner to the left and continuing down a many-doored hallway, you pass by a boot room, the cook's sitting room, and a long wing of private dormitories for the servants, which you opt not to enter, 
allowing the potential occupants their privacy. Making another turn, this one to the right, you see a large kitchen through a doorless arch and cross over into the light, airy daylight of the Castle Cook House. A beautiful purple range covered by an arched ivory alcove with honeybees carved into the left and right corners, joined at the center by an embossed beehive, greet you to your right once you step inside. Copper pots and pans hang neatly from a rack, located inside the interior of the range hood. The large double-doored fridge stands next to the range, kitty-corner to a large porcelain basin sink, overlooking more of the castle grounds. A copper kettle is bubbling softly on the fire of the gas range, behind it a long wooden table with a basket of multicolored apples, a barnwood egg tray stocked with brown, white, and blue eggs, fresh bread, an individual berry and peach tarts in tiny pastry tins, next to a stack of pink and green rhubarb. A handful of lemons are placed near the edge of the long table, staved from rolling off due to a large ceramic canister holding a variety of kitchen utensils. A Dutch door, with the top portion open to the outside, leads to the back courtyard and the grounds and stables beyond. Along the wall next to it is a billboard with the name of many of the rooms of the palace, each with its own bell, and you tap your finger against one of the dangling bells, listening to its pleasant, resonant chime. Looking at the huge board gives you a sense of the size of the palace. There are five rows total, each with their own list of rooms, and you realize each bar of the board symbolizes a floor of the castle. The top row has the shortest amount of rooms, just two, the seer's tower and the magic room. Below it, the fourth floor, with a separate label for each of the palace apartments, each with its own number corresponding to the room, of which you see there are 13 bedrooms total. Also on this floor is a solarium, a handful of meeting rooms, and a council chamber room. You look around the kitchen and notice in the back left of the room, you see a small, rounded stone staircase leading down to another level, which you are able to match to the bottom row of the bellboard titled The Undercroft, which includes a vault, a wine cellar, the armory, and a label which reads Calen Grotta, though that provides little indication for what type of room or place that would be. The third floor, which you assume is actually the one above you, has the largest variety of rooms, a library, several studies, a billiard room, the room of the crown jewels, a drawing room, a ballroom, and a saloon. The main floor, the one you're on now, you realize you've seen most of already once you're able to review the names, though it appears the servants and their quarters do not have corresponding bells. You do, however, see the bells for the great hall, the buttery, the butler's pantry, and the music room, one you have not come upon yet. The expanse of the castle is massive, and you want to explore it all, knowing that you will in time.
As the weather is still quite fine out, you decide to explore more of the castle grounds. As there was no map or label to guide you to what awaits you outside, and you are curious about the Avery and the staples you saw from the windows of the Great Hall. You unlatch the bottom half of the Dutch doors and exit to the outside, ready to explore the back courtyard and the outbuildings beyond. The courtyard itself is simple but stunning, with large hedges spaced strategically between long, lengthy outcroppings of roses blooming in a multitude of rich, vibrant colors. Lining the walking path, you enjoy the bursting colors of the variety of roses planted in close, cozy bunches together. Rich, ruby-red roses and polite, restrained blooms. Deep purple velvet twilight zone roses with big, fat buds, overlaid with wispy, smoky mauve. Queen of Sweden blossoms and dusky pink with hints of apricot. Mint julep roses and radiant lemon yellow petals in the center, fringed by creamy floral leaves edged in lime green. Citrus, clove, and delicate softness permeates the air from the pleasant fragrant abundance of roses. A gardener clips one of them for you in your favorite color, removing the thorns with their shears so it's safe for you to hold and carry with you, and you continue along the way until you reach a small white gazebo with a rambler rose climbing the trellis in delicate shades of lilac. The archway of the gazebo frame a short, downward-sloping pathway to a comfortable outdoor bench with overstuffed cushions, surrounded by another arching trellis with red fairy roses on either side of the bench, and tangerine sky roses climbing upward towards the sun along the latticework. The bench leans up against a waist-high stone fence, domed and arched into the downward-sloping hills on either side, with large trees providing a comfortable amount of shade from the mid-morning sun. The imperial ramp pathway leads down to a medium-sized field, flanked by another grove of trees, and just beyond the field, you can see the aqua, silver and gold of the U-shaped aviary and the white amaryllis and pink dianthus bursting out front. As you walk closer to the aviary, you can hear the soft and sweet melodic singing of wrens and warblers from within the large ironwork enclosure. At the entrance, you are greeted by a curious, fluffy white llama standing near a stone fountain, which appears to be a carved version of Botticelli's The Birth of Venus. For the safety of the birds, visitors are not allowed to enter the aviary, but you are able to see them from the outside of the enclosure. First, you spot two tiny parrots, perched together on a gnarled branch. Colorful lovebirds, curled and snuggled into one another. One has vibrant feathers in sky blue, sea green, and soft ivory, and the other is strikingly lime green, fading into a yellow plumage, and tipped with an orange crown and red beak. Below them in a large indoor pool, two swans float with their necks wrapped around each other, and it sounds like they're snoring slightly. A few paces beyond them, you come upon a white crane, walking slowly with long, stiff legs, barely moving its head and neck as it stalks something from a nearby bush. A lengthy branch holds several smaller birds with rainbow plumage, perched in a row together. 
red beaks surrounded by deep blue plumage on their heads, with yellow-green collars and a bright orange chest, a small little grouping of lorikeets. Nearly at the end of the aviary, you spot a blue and yellow macaw and a red macaw looking down from their branch at you curiously. They squawk playfully, and should you choose to, you can say something to them to have them mimic back your words and repeat. As you turn the corner to the left, along the path, you enter a small grove of oak trees planted behind the aviary, serving as a barrier between the bird enclosure and the horse pasture and stables beyond it. Sunlight pours in through the breaks in the trees, sparkling like little diamonds of light between the tiny open spots through the canopy, and you almost forget that you are on a magical floating bit of earth with a castle hidden in the clouds. The forested path is quite lengthy and winds its way through quiet woods, your feet plodding against the earthen mulch, occasionally snapping as you step on twigs and timber debris. The air is crisp and fresh, smelling slightly of damp earth, oak, and leaves. Though you also pick up a hint of something more artisan upon the air, the smell of flour, yeast, citrus and berries. The path widens into a clearing, and you can see a small table with a large selection of food. Freshly baked bread, still warm with heat rising and pleasant curly wisps into the air. Skewers of tomato and spongy, light mozzarella drizzled in olive oil and basil. Lemon slices and a pitcher of lemonade behind it. Cheeses wrapped in brown butcher paper, a basket of every type of cracker imaginable, deep pink-colored ham slices, chicken, several pasta dishes, green grapes, figs, a lattice-crust cherry pie next to a pecan pie, all upon a red-and-white checkered tablecloth under the bough of a gigantic oak tree. A small invitation on the table invites you to sit and enjoy lunch, and you decide to take a break from exploration to enjoy the magnificent feast that has been set out before you. Once you've had your fill, you notice a beautiful white hammock tied to the large oak tree and posted to a large beam in a pink rose hedge. A large stack of books sits on the ground beside the hammock, with a small lit lantern for ambiance lighting. The hammock is quite wide, large enough for two, and you grab the silken knit white blanket atop the hammock before sitting into the swinging sling and feel the fabric curl around your body pleasantly, the cloth securely cradling you as you lie back for a nap beneath the trees. You feel as if you are floating upon a cloud your body enclosed in the softness of suspended fabric as it slowly and lightly rocks you back and forth, the green of the leaves overhead almost hypnotizing you as you sway gently in the wind. You feel yourself drift off to sleep, feeling peaceful and content in the safety of this grove and the comfort of the luxurious hammock on the castle grounds. 
Your heart is full of overflowing energy and love from the serenity of your explorative time adventuring through the castle in the clouds and its outer grounds. You may stay here in this place, focusing on whatever details you'd like for as long as you'd like, and the comfort that this place brings you. Know that you can return to this spot or any place inside the castle whenever you need a mental escape to take you away. When you are ready, you may slowly open your eyes, take a deep breath, and give yourself a big, gentle stretch to return to the real world. Or relax the rest of the way and drift off into a peaceful, serene sleep.